I love having our next guest in the studio. She has known us for very long, but she has known Tim the Tool for longer. Yeah. Good friends. Nothing says Merry Christmas like a divorce lawyer. The holiday season can be an unbelievably scary and overwhelming uh, time when a marriage is in trouble, family dynamics are anything but a silent night. The fact is that even people of faith end up divorcing, and it's a critical time of year for spouses to be aware of how to navigate the divorce process in a healthy way. So when the painful decision to divorce has been made, it's important to have someone that really knows the law but also understands your personal and spiritual needs. Don Bennett is that person. Don Bennett is a family lawyer who appreciates that divorce is a reality. So don't put your head in the sand about this issue. Or the snow at this time of year. Uh, there are many in need of legal counsel. BennettLaw.ca. Two N's, two T's. BennettLaw.ca. Welcome to the Drew Marshall Show again, Don Bennett. Merry Christmas, Drew. What a pleasure. Look at her smile. just love her smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the Bennetts have beautiful smiles. Yes. Do you know well, the entire again. family, Tim? Yes. So They're, you grew up down the street a or very something? Long time. Kind of down this, kind this of, street. Kind of sort of not. Kind of yeah. same school. Oh, Gary, same Karen, school. and um, Don, all three of them. Yeah. A long time ago. Um, Don, let's start right off with something negative. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> okay. What is the, the, obviously no names, but what is one of the worstest, real word, things you've seen anybody kind of do over the Christmas holidays in terms of the family breaking down or the marriage breaking down? And you just, you just, you found out about it and you went, are you kidding me? You did that over Christmas? Uh, Drew, there is a lot of bad things that I have seen. Probably, I'd say, torturing the family pet in order to hurt the child, which will hurt the parent that you're leaving. What? Yeah. That was up there. Was it a cat? Dog. Oh, okay. oh that's worse. That's yeah. why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sadly enough, the person who was hurt by it was crying in my office. Over, and I just thought, I mean, I hear a lot, obviously, yeah, but I sure. thought, this is new. This is new. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you give to people, right? We're going to go through through some points here. So let, okay. the first point would be, you know, what is the best way to sort of split Christmas to make things fair on, on everyone? Well, there's no one best way. I think you have to consider the circumstances of the, the people. I mean, if you have people that are freshly divorced, it, it can be extremely, it can be very different than what you would do if you've been divorced for a long time mm. and you're with new partners and the new partners have their own arrangement with their exes, it can get super complicated. But I'd say overall, you want to be considerate of each person and be flexible and don't be rigid and realize it's not just you and everybody can't have the kids on Christmas morning. But if I do that, then they're going to take advantage of that and they're going to do want more and they're going to take more. So I've got to hold my ground and stand firm. Yeah, but it doesn't get anywhere. It doesn't get anywhere. All you get are angry people, sad kids and a brutal Christmas. So you just have to be flexible and you have to be sacrificial and you have to give. But what if my children don't want to leave me on Christmas? Again, that depends. I mean, is there a court order saying they shouldn't leave or they just, you know, don't want to get out of bed in the morning kind of thing? It depends. If there's a court order. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a court order to get your teenager out of bed? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, remember those days? Whether or not not that actually exists, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, if there's a court order and you're you're involved in the process in the court system and your kids don't want to go, you have to make them go like how you have to make them do everything else. But if it's just a matter of the ordinary kind of life, uh, you know, the kids don't want to, then you deal with it in the ordinary course. But you don't want to, because what happens is if your kids don't want to leave legitimately and you're involved in the court process, the court isn't going to accept that as an answer because they assume that you as the parent can actually force them to do what needs to be done. 
and you'll be the one that's breaching access if there is an order for access. Well, and I can imagine the spouse. So here's the kid saying, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. I don't want to go to dad's or whatever. Well, how old's the kid, too? It depends how old the kid is, too. I hope they're not talking like that when they're two. Well, I'm just, well, I'm just saying, like, is this, a, is this a two-year-old right. you can pick up and put in the cars? No, but it's a, a 15-year-old. Yeah, 15-year-old, right? And okay. I'm not going to dad's or whatever. And there's meanwhile, there's a court order. And so the dad is going, yeah, right, he doesn't want to go. You're exactly. doing this. You're manipulating. You've poisoned his mind or whatever. Right. So how do you deal with that? Oh, man. You deal with it in the way that's going to cause the minimal damage to the kid, to your already dead relationship, and to the court process. Mm. And I would put the kid in the court process above the relationship in this case, mm-hmm. because if the other spouse believes that you're legitimately holding the child back and you're going to be in court in the very near future, you know, dollars to donuts, they're going to bring that up and say on Christmas Day, here's the order that I paid my lawyer thousands of dollars to get. This person didn't adhere to it. Now I want some kind of justice. So, yeah. okay. Um, I would imagine that Christmas is the most, I don't know, um, it's, it's the time of year where there's the greatest potential to manipulate family circumstances. Absolutely. Is that right? Absolutely. What about like the whole, oh, I'm going to spoil my kid more than my ex? Have you ever seen that actual gamesmanship going on? That happens all the time. It's pretty, it's pretty much the ordinary course. Really? Yeah, that happens all the time. And it's sad because you have adults who are very mature and responsible and... Um, I guess, sensible in the ordinary course. And then you get in the divorce process and it's Christmas and it's an all out war mm-hmm. and money is power and money is influence and kids can be bribed. Really? Yeah. Also, now here's another angle. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the spouse saying to the kid, look, you're going to buy a gift for my new girlfriend yeah. or boyfriend. Yeah. That's, that's a bit of a prickly issue because, um, and it can cause all kinds of problems and it can also help because it depends. I mean, like, is this the you know, woman of the week, or is this someone who's been around for, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. you know, for a, a long time? Yeah, yeah. Because it may help the dynamic of the, you said buy for the girlfriend, right? So yep. it may help the dynamic of the father with his new partner, but the mother in seeing the kid wanting to spend money on the woman who probably destroyed the Drive marriage. Her mental. Yeah. But then again, the kid may want to, because a woman may be very good to that kid. So you really have to look at all the different uh, factors in each person and determine what can you do just to be as peaceable as possible to keep the arguing down. Would you suggest families continue with the same traditions even though the the couples, they're separated or divorced? Would you say, oh, let's do the same traditions or is that just like a trigger for the kid? I think that you have to just treat it like real life because in real life, things change. The way you had Christmas at 2 and at 10 and at 15 is going to be different. So it's going to change anyway. So you don't have to do the same thing to make it right. But I think that if you mix in the old with the new, it'll probably help transition as the kids are transitioning into this is what our family life is now like. Mm -hmm. But if you do the exact same thing and there's this horrible um, gaping hole because someone's not there, then obviously it's going to make it a lot worse. But if you do something that's radically different, they're going to be like, it doesn't feel like Christmas because we always do this, that, and the other. So you have to just be sensitive to the issues and let them know change would come whether we got divorced or not. That's just life. You are hearing the sweet mellifluous tones of Don Bennett. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) BennettLaw.ca, two N's, two T's, BennettLaw.ca. You've heard about her all year. Um, I want to ask you about the whole... um, well, I don't know. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, so I'm trying to word this in a way that's uh, not typical. Yeah. But I'm just going to be typical. Sure. Can you get divorced without using a lawyer? Of course. You can get – you can, whether it'll be done well is a whole different 
kettle of fish, but you can certainly... Well, let's say the two parties are, you know, they're palsy. They're high five and, yeah, we're done, but high five. You can get divorced, but normally what happens is that you don't make informed decisions during the process. And then you'll have someone who has been through the process or who saw something on the internet or TV or something that says, hey, you can get this, you should have that, this shouldn't have happened to you, you lost it on this, right. and then you'll want some kind of information. Right. It can be done, but it may not be done well, yeah. and it may be undone. If one person at some point realized there's something that wasn't, let's say for finances, let's say you lied about your money or the person wasn't upfront with what they owned and yeah. later on it was determined that they weren't upfront, then it can be undone. When, yeah. the, when the kids are uh, adult kids, mm-hmm. um, do, do you have to share, uh, what's it called? Child, do you have to do child support when the kids are adult kids? You don't have to do that, right? You're just sharing assets. You're dividing assets, are you not? Well, it depends on the issue of where they fall in adults. Are they independent adults? Yeah, in, independent like, adults. Yeah, living out on their own, doing their own thing or whatever. And so do you have to share, what was your question, child? Well, uh, is there a child support thing that f- falls into that uh, divorce? Like, what age does it stop? Is that kind yeah, of what Yeah, what age the child does, oh, you owe me child support. When, when does that stop? <laughs> it stops, the technical legal de- definition is when a child has withdrawn from parental control. And how okay. they withdraw from... Pr- some kids, that's like eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some kids, it's like 45. That's so true. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Still in the but, basement uh, playing D&D. Yeah, exactly. But technically, usually it goes up to... It could be around 21, 22 is the first post-secondary degree. Okay. So it isn't just 18, because nowadays you pretty much need your university for something. Mm. So it is pretty much expected you're going to pay up through university, but not obviously not going to pay them to do their master's or doctorate. So usually it's like 21, 22-ish. Right. Okay. So yeah. once they kind of hit that age... Yeah. Then it really is just about dividing assets. Usually, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then is there a percentage? Like, oh, uh, here's our assets, but you, you get this much. You get 60 and then you get 40. Like, how does that, how do you, do, or is it just split down the middle? How are family assets divided? Yeah. Again, the technical legal definition would be you get 50% of the increase of your net family property, which is the property you had on marriage. Mm-hmm. Minus your liabilities, mm-hmm. subject to some exclusions. What, are, what do you mean liability? You mean debt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so like assets minus liabilities. Well, minus your so, liability yeah. means, that, aren't we talking well, about you're, the X? You're, you're talking My wife the, would get nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> liabilities. Yeah, most people get married and they have zero. And then 10, 20, 30 years later, you, you've amassed wealth. So you look at what you had on marriage, look at what you have on the date of separation, and that's a fixed date, a mm-hmm. pinpoint, uh, like a photograph, a fixed point in time. So you get assets minus liabilities at marriage, you get a number. Assets minus liabilities at separation, get a number. 50% of the increase of that value is what you get and what your spouse also gets from you. That's called the equalization process. Okay. So it's not half of everything you own. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the other thing I've heard is that uh, you can't get divorced unless you've been separated for a year. No. There are three grounds for divorce. There's separation for a year. There's adultery, and the third is cruelty of such kind that it makes continued cohabitation impossible. Okay, so there's no cruelty, there's no fooling around, then it's you got to be separated for a year. You have to be separated for a year for it to be granted, but you can apply, you could separate today, apply tomorrow, but the divorce won't be granted until a year later. Right, right. right. Oh, so mm-hmm. let's say you're separated for a year and then you apply for divorce. Is that another year? Will it always take no, a no, year no. for, oh no, okay, Once the it. year separation is passed and provided there aren't any issues of child's um, support that isn't happening because right. there's some inherent bars to divorce that the court has, inherent jurisdiction to not grant it right. if you've not complied with certain things. Okay. Yeah. All right. So ultimately, let me just paint this picture. Amicable, yeah. kids are older, divide the assets, 
separate for a year. At the end of the year, you go, yeah, that separation is a good thing. Let's do the divorce. Boom! It's it's uh, it. You walk into the, the Walmart and get your divorce papers, and away you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Not not not, not exactly, <laughs> but uh, it could work that way. Right. It could work that way. I mean, the, the people have done it on their own. Usually, later on, they realize that there's something they could have had they didn't get, or something they gave up that they shouldn't have got given up. Yeah. But I mean, you're not required to have a lawyer. It's just that if you want to make an informed decision during the process, you really should. You realize that, that yeah. so much of this conversation has been about taking business away from you. Uh, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's why you advertise okay. on the Drew Marshall yeah. show right okay. there. Yeah. Okay. No, but I know Don's okay with this conversation yeah, because no. that's the kind of person she is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have said to people, uh, uh, stop it. Basically, right? yeah. Stop it. Yeah, the courts weren't designed for families. They really weren't. And it's really just somewhere that we've ended up. But truthfully, if I had my way, I would put, before people came to lawyers, they would have mandatory counseling way back to before they even get married. The counseling before you get married, not just the church counseling, but the practical kind of nuts and bolts, what it's like to live with someone through the, the thick and thin. Mm-hmm. And then once they've been through the marriage counseling, been through, there'd be mandatory counseling during the marriage, conflict resolution, all these kinds of things other than ending up in court and fighting, I think. You yeah. know, at the very least, can mm-hmm. I just say it is is so worth, because I remember uh, I came to you one time years ago with a friend right. uh, because the friend wasn't sure about how to handle things and, right. and uh, I tried to just, you know, cover the cost uh, stuff and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And it was the initial consult. Right. Dude, that was the most amazing hour. Because that, <laughs> no, that, that person got so much clarity about, and that was just an hour with you. Well, it's normally the, it can help just to meet and kind of get a realistic lay of the land. Because mm-hmm. many times when people are going through a divorce or a separation or things are not going well, there's a lot of information from all kinds of sources. Mm-hmm. And it helps to get a healthy perspective from, like, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. That's a really And it, I know it just feels longer. <laughs> just, it feels wow. so yeah. much longer. Yeah. But, I can um, imagine dealing with what you deal with yeah. day in and day out. Yeah. So it's like, you know how to, sometimes you'll see when people come in and right away you can see the end of the case. It's just how do I get them there? Right. Yeah, so it helps. I have also had friends uh, use your services, and and I I cannot believe the gong show that they had to endure because of how what a whack job the ex was. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was insane. It turns out the ex has been involved in multiple lawsuits and court stuff, and blah. it's just one of these Jerry Springer kind of people that likes being in the courtroom. Right. And thank God, and I mean that literally, mm-hmm. thank God they had you in their corner. <laughs> I mean, You're that welcome. was, no, because when it's people you care about, that's who I want in the corner. I want I want you in the corner. Thank you. That was also the day I snuck into the courtroom. And that was, that, I nearly fell over when I saw you come in the back of the court. But <laughs> yeah, that was, he's not someone that can sneak into someplace well, either. That was just, uh, Hit my head yeah. in the door frame. That was, uh, it was interesting. It was Definitely. very good to see you do what you do. Uh, folks, I want to again give you the information because we're chatting with Don Bennett, and you've all heard about Don Bennett. Don Bennett has been a partner of our show for many, many years. And uh, the website is BennettLaw.ca, two N's, two T's, BennettLaw.ca, a family lawyer. But we're specifically talking about divorce stuff right here. Give us some examples of other things you do than just divorce. Oh, there's, you can do separation agreements without getting divorced. There can be... Whoa, a separation agreement? Yes. I, what? So basically it's, and I've certainly done that with many Christian couples who they don't want to get divorced, but the marriage has broken down. They're not quite sure what to do right now other than, but there has to be a break. So you can just basically delineate everything that's going to happen with your assets, with your kids, with 
everything, and it is legal, it's binding, but you're still legally married. So there are... I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah. But then there are ramifications that flow from that, because if you're still legally married and... Um, let's say, for example, one of you dies and you're intestate, so you don't have a will, then your spouse could still inherit even though you're separated, unless one of your beneficiaries goes to challenge it. So it can mm. get a bit sticky. It's not ideal in every situation, but it is an alternative. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and sorry, I totally interrupted you because I was like, what? Separation agreement? Never heard yeah. of that. Okay. What are the other things? There's uh, grandparents' rights. There's... Um, Foreign opinions. Hold on. Sorry. Every time you bring something up, I, I tweak on yeah. it. Grandparents' rights? Grandparents' rights. I'm not seeing Junior enough. I need to see my grandkid more. Okay. I'm not that kind of thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Don't laugh, Drew. It's I'm ser- not. I know. I'm, no, no. Listen. Trust me. Trust me. I'm looking at Tim because I know it's serious. Yep. Okay. Um, but there's a part of me that goes, oh, that just it seems like really you got to bring a lawyer in as a grandparent so you can see your grandkids. Well, so it, yeah, well, you can't make that's not going to help the relationship. Making your kids let you see your grandkids, but if you're not seeing them, and obviously the relationship's not that great to begin with. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, so and it's just it's just She's a legal smart. avenue. I'm not saying it's ideal for everyone, mm-hmm. but if you do have grandchildren or a grandchild and you are being kept from them, and you do want access, access is inherently the the parents' right, determining who has access to their child. But again, the the legal test is the best interest of the child. So if you have an established relationship with your grandchild, let's say, and for whatever reason, your child cuts that relationship off, then essentially you have to demonstrate to the court that it's not in your grandchild's best interest for the relationship to be severed. Right? Wow. But you need to have that relationship. All right. I I cannot wait for you to bring up another thing that you do so I can interrupt you. It's not the... (laughs) It's not that exciting. It's all pretty much basic stuff. It's no, custody, access. Not... Oh. Okay, so, me... so divorce, separation, custody, grandparents' rights. Yeah. Or custody giving, or rights or visitation or whatever. Yep. Yeah, giving a legal opinion on a foreign divorce. So people who may have been divorced in another country and want to get married in Canada, then you have to um, have it fall within the scope of what Canada would recognize. That's pretty ah. straightforward. Or if yeah. you got one of them mail-order brides and it didn't work out. Uh, not really. Oh, <laughs> not okay. really. No. Return not exactly. to sender. <laughs> no. You guys are sick. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Go back to Putin. Uh, oh, yeah. hey. See what I did there? Putin on the Ritz. <laughs> Stay focused. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. in the studio, Don Bennett. Don, why did you get into this? This is messy stuff that is soul draining. I thought, well, that was 20 years ago, right? So <laughs> I thought it would be uh, interesting, exciting, and, and it is, and no two days are the same. And, but, you know, you're getting me right before my crucifixion starts. You know, you have that big run up where you have to, we're almost just like on the edge. I yep. just need to get there. Right. So, so your answer is, I don't know why I did <laughs> pretty this. Much, pretty much. <laughs> I just asked myself that last night. And I was like at the office saying, oh, yeah. why am I if doing If you had asked me that at 10 to 3 yeah. yesterday, but I don't, I don't know why. Why are you a school yeah. teacher, Tim? Yeah. done real estate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, Don, has there been any change in legislation or, or family law lately that has really impacted your work and what you do? Or is it kind of the same old, same old? I'm just wondering the, since the liberals have been in charge, you know what I mean? There has been one. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote, but basically, they're essentially trying to redefine who is a natural parent of uh, of a child. Oh, and right now I hear they're up to about eight. I mean, I'm taking I, and it, which makes 
I mean, no sense. What do you mean up to eight? How can it be eight natural parents of a child? Because, okay, I don't want to misquote. Okay. Is it I don't eight misquote, definitions? But, is that what you're saying? No. So basically, and I, I've taken like literally, it's, it's just literally coming out as right, I right, understand right. it. So, so we won't hold really, you to it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but basically, it, there's concern that um, people are not getting recognized as being parents of children because they haven't given birth to children. So the definition has, I'm, I'm saying this very kind of generally, there are a lot of facets to it, but what has been told to us from what I have seen and heard is exactly there could be eight potential right. parents, four on each side of a child. And just because you gave birth to the child doesn't mean the child necessarily, you'll necessarily be deemed to be the parent of that child. Wow. Because when I started um, practicing law, there were certain presumptions of parenthood, right. i.e. if you gave birth to a child, the child belonged to you. Yep. But now just because you give birth to the child, it doesn't mean the child, you have any inherent right over other people. And it's very complicated, very convoluted, very, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's been challenged. Certainly the Christian Legal Fellowship has um, chimed in, but um, that's where things are headed. That's the most uh, kind of wonky thing that is out there now. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's finish with with this question. Mm -hmm. People of faith, God people, Jesus people, um, you know, they, they realize that they need to do everything possible to make the marriage work. Okay. But sometimes... They maybe should have, um, I don't know, put a bullet in it a long time ago, you know. And and the reason they're hanging on is just because they go to church, just because they're church people. What advice do you give to that? And I want to paint a specific scenario because this is what I come across with the most, or come, come yeah, come okay. across the most. The the lady whose husband is a dirtbag, but they're church people, and so she shouldn't get divorced. It's not that simple. It's it's not about not getting divorced. It's about understanding how to stay married. And that's the difference because people... This? I love this woman. But well, I'm serious about that because cause many times you're quite right. The relationship is dead and people are just coexisting and they've got kids or they've got responsibilities or they've always been together, mm-hmm. right? And people say, oh, don't get divorced, don't get divorced. But... They can't stay together as they are, and they don't know how to stay together as they are. So it's not just a matter of don't get divorced, but it's learn how to stay together. Because when you hear from couples who have been through, really been through the rigors, whether it's adultery, whether it's it's any kind of breach of trust, any kind of anything that really is fundamentally um, compromising the marriage, mm-hmm. It can be worked through if they both are committed to it, but the point is they don't know how to do it and they can't stay as they are because they can't continue as they are because they're destroying each other. It's like when the Bible says God hates divorce or when it talks about Moses saying because of the hardness of your hearts, he granted divorce. Mm -hmm. Many times I think of that because it's because people are so cruel to each other because they can't stand the situation that they're in. They have to get out, but they need to learn how to get past the harm that has been done. And I have seen and heard so much. And even though the Bible says, of adultery you can divorce it doesn't mean you have to right right? it permits it but you don't have to and there are ways to get past it and learn from those who've gotten past it someone who said you know he or she cheated on me they did this they did that they hurt me they did whatever and we got past it and we're better off that's what people need to learn from instead of running to the divorce lawyer beautiful good stuff well let me finish with this this is something I've said many times Uh, theologically speaking from a Judeo-Christian point of view this is what I understand as far as divorce is concerned As far as uh, if there is a creator and this creator has laid down some stuff for us for uh, for us to kind of pay attention to when it comes to marriage, as far as God is concerned, divorce is a never desirable 
B, sometimes permissible, and C, always forgivable. Divorce is forgivable? As far as God is concerned. Always forgivable. There's a big grace factor there. I mean, what kind of a God are we, you know, are we looking into here? Are we looking at a God who says, oh, I'm sorry, you got divorced. No, sorry, that's it. Anna. Okay, yeah, from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. But I don't really look at divorce as a sin, per se, right. that needs forgiveness. But right. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's not, you're not going to go to hell because you got divorced. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So it's never desirable, sometimes yeah. permissible, always forgivable. I don't know. I heard that a few years ago and thought it was smart that I should, you know, repeat yes. it. Somebody else said it. Because pain is God's. God's <laughs> megaphone to a deaf world. There you go. We have to rethink everything now. That was C.S. Lewis. Malcolm quote. Guite. Oh, I know. Messed Malcolm up my messed with a head again. Ladies um, and gentlemen, Don Bennett, our very good friend. Don, thank you for being here. Merry Christmas. Such thank a you pleasure. For me. Such a pleasure. Uh, BennettLaw.ca. Two N's, two T's. BennettLaw.ca. This is, seriously, this is who you want in your corner.